Uh, so, hello Jacob, we're, hello. We're, we're sitting in your tour bus, yeah. uh, guitar player with uh, DAD. Yeah. You've been here since noon in Newcastle, first time in... Years and years, years and years and years. years. Yes. <laughs> do you have any fond memories of it, or do you remember it at all from the last time? I remember the Riverside, we were there twice. First time as a support, support act for the Seahawks, and then... We had like we had a headliner tour, maybe just one year after that, and uh, I remember Newcastle as being this a little rough city, and the the riverside sort of a rough place, mm. and um, but I think we had a good gig there. There was a good vibe there, a real hard rock vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, they like that, like yeah. the hard rock here. Yeah. Uh, you originally w weren't in the actual, the very first lineup where you joined just after, as such, when your your brother and Stig had the band and stuff, yes. and then kicked out the singer or the female that yep. was in the band, and, stuff, yes. and then you joined, and you, to me, you brought in a really interesting sound with the, the sort of country, twangy guitar sort of thing. Yeah, was that something that you did beforehand, or was it just? No, not at all. Actually, I've always tried to to play whatever. I heard on the radio how do how do they do that and stuff. But Stig and Jesper and Peter, the original drummer, they already had some of this vibe going, the spaghetti western vibe. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, so how how do you do that? How do they do that twangy sound? And uh, and we just had fun with it. We we didn't think that this band would last any longer than any of, of the other bands that we were playing in mm -hmm. at the moment. We, we just, we, we were like, you know, 17, 18 years old. So uh, we were just joking around <laughs> and thought, ah, this is, this is some, this is a whack sound. Let's, let's try and, <laughs> and see what we can make, make of it. Uh -huh. And we sort of mixed that, that whole thing with uh, the punk vibe, the punk energy yeah. that we uh, came from ourselves. And then um, uh, became Disneyland After Dark, and we started to get a reputation around Copenhagen. And very soon we sold out a club, and we thought, okay, we might have something going here. Mm -hmm. And did, did you think at that point then? I mean, you just said you didn't expect to last thirty years. Yeah. And you are thirty years later. Yes. Are you still surprised by it? That old. Yeah, it's always been like, okay, why am I doing this? If you ask yourself that question, and then you think, okay, what the hell would I do if I didn't do this? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, over the years, it's, it's been going up and down. But as you grow up, you realize that it's your own choice to, I mean, if you want to do this, yeah, then you should do it, but do it fully, and then, then it can become something. And um, so it's really your own choice to to make it happen or not. Okay. And I think the the reason why we we can't just you know we can't just quit, and what keeps us going is that we we have sort of become like a household name in Denmark, and mm -hmm. and. Not a lot of people get to do, get to be that. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's just that's nothing you just throw away. Uh, mm -hmm. And we really appreciate that. That you're in that privileged sort yeah. of position. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
and obviously you are a household name in Denmark and, and Scandinavia and stuff like that. You haven't been over to, to the UK since those days of the Riverside and stuff. And you, when we were talking before we started the interview, you were saying about that it was really tricky for any band that didn't speak English and things mm. to, to get over here and stuff. Is that kind of the reason that you haven't come back over? Or is it just easier to tour mainland Europe and it, you know, it, it's a bit of a chore to get over here and sort things out? Well, yeah, it, it was at a point... Um Back then, late eighties, early nineties, we had a hard time, you know, getting into the scene here in the UK. I think, and, and uh, then we just didn't, we didn't play the UK for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And I think once in a while we, we would play a club in London, but nothing, nothing like a tour or anything. Mm -hmm. And over the last few years, we've been playing here more often. And uh, <clears throat> it seems like the, the 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 kids today they don't care if you're from Estonia or Mexico. Mm. Uh, they check out the stuff they want to see on the internet, mm -hmm. and uh, so it's it's no longer the the major record companies or the major agencies that call the shots as much yeah. as it was in those days. So it's it's more like. You don't communicate through all these uh, conglomerates anymore. You con you commun communicate with your fans directly through the internet, yeah. and which makes it mo a lot more easier to play on this level. So, I mean, the, the resurgent or the, the upsurge of social media then has really helped sustain your career as such, a, and 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 get your your fan base built up again and stuff like that. Not that you yeah. you, know, you wouldn't lose it in Denmark and stuff, but let's say for this tour, it's particularly. Uh, there's been a good Facebook thing going on about, well, you know, yeah. DA Days here, let's yeah. go and see them. and So that's really helped you, hasn't it, the, the, the upsurge of the social media? Yeah, it has really, it. and we got our webpage running in 98, I think, mm -hmm. and slowly communities and countries started to building up. And that's, so when we toured the US, uh, we did two weeks in the U.S. last year, and about this time, and people came from Wyoming and uh, all over the place right. and flew in to see us because right. they've been following us on the the website, and and so Which all is, all these people gather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, as I said to you earlier, I mean, I know for a fact that there's people coming down from Glasgow tonight. I think there's people from possibly Denmark or Sweden or stuff like that coming across because there's a good ferry link. Yeah. To hear and stuff like that, there'll yeah. be people coming from Leeds and York and, and all over, and it's it's great. Yeah, that's you cool. Yeah, get everything there. Really. So the thirtieth anniversary tour. It's a big occasion. How do you go about picking what you're going to play from your thirty years of of songs? Yeah, that was. We were very. Uh, we didn't have the same idea of what to play. In the band at all, right? So we had a few discussions, and uh, some wanted to play like a show going like a timeline show, and mm -hmm. some wanted to just play a rock show, and some wanted to not play the big hits. <laughs> but anyway, we started out in Denmark, not playing the big hits, playing a set list with a long set, more than two hours playing songs from the whole career, but messed up 
not a, not a timeline, but just right. all over the place, and right. not, not playing the big hits which we always play right. on the big festivals in Denmark and on tours and stuff, yeah. you know, to give people another experience, and they are very, um, they really appreciated us playing clubs in Denmark, right. because we never do that, and uh, so we did this and gave them a special treat, right, and they really appreciated and that. Good intimate. Yeah. Set and sort of yeah. Thing. yeah. So that was good. Yeah. Then we changed the set list a bit for the Scandinavian tour, and we've changed it again for for this tour. I mean, we since we haven't been to Newcastle for like 20 years. Yeah. I think we can. We can so you play yeah, anything. Yeah. <laughs> we can play anything. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be hearing a lot of your hits and stuff. Then the, the stuff that you would, yeah. would expect to hear, we're gonna hear. Yeah, tonight. I think it's 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 uh, we play, you know hits from back then and some new stuff and right so and you, you seem to have you've got an acoustic section going is that do you do a little acoustic bit in the set or we, we're doing a one acoustic song laugh right. and a half it's called from the risking it all album that was right. out in yeah. 91 yeah what would you say would be your what if you had to pick one highlight of your 30 years what would it have been one highlight of our 30 of years, 30 years like that the, has gone by yeah since we are in england i'll tell you about a uh a highlight, a personal highlight for me in the UK was that the very first time we played here was in London, uh, in some club, and we played. We got a support slot for this goth band called Ghost Dance, right. and uh, we really turned the crowd, and uh, it was like a revelation. We we came straight from the plane from Denmark, right. Yeah. And I had like a gold lame suit and all that <laughs> weird stuff. And um, we really got a great reception. And we got great reviews from in the enemy and the Melody Maker. So that was like, we've been reading these magazines. And suddenly we were there getting great reviews. And so, you know, that, that sort of proof that we can, yeah, we have something going. We can travel with yeah. this. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the songwriting. How do you, how does that work in the band? Yeah, the songwriting. Yeah. It's a one big fight, messy fight. <laughs> no, my song is better. My song is better than yours. But you, so you do it as a group, then you don't come do. in like one of you comes in with a song and says, "Here you go. This is the song. What are you going to do to it?" We pretty much bring ideas. You think of a riff or maybe a verse or maybe just a chorus or maybe just a riff, three notes, and then we play it. So we we, uh, we toss it all in and then we argue. Right. Who wins the arguments usually? The one who shouts <laughs> the, the most. The loudest. The loudest, yes. <laughs> so the things are more or less ready when the producer arrives. So we've never really been dependent on a producer. It's more like a... Someone to talk to. Right. Yeah. And hold your hand. And other guy to yell at. We've been joined by uh, Stig. Stig Nasty. Stig Nasty. <laughs> and, and Laust, is that how we pronounce your name? perfect, yes. Excellent. Stig, we must talk to you about your two-string bass technique. Right. Because let's face it, there's not many two-string bass players around. No. Nope. The only other guy I can think of is a guy that used to play in Morphine. Did you ever see them? Yeah, but he, he had a regular bass with just one string or Did two he? strings. Oh, it was like two that. strings with a slide and all that, but yeah. I, I don't think it was uh, like custom made. 
Whereas it's yours are tremendous. It's very, very hard to, to, to get a cool looking left handed bass. So the, the minute we, we start making some money on, on live shows, I uh, invested them in, um, in uh, my own designs. Okay. Um, and there's, there's many and they're yeah. varied. I have an <laughs> olive with a toothpick in it, in a giant martini glass, <laughs> and half a car and a rocket. And, uh, and a back to front headstock stroke. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Which is your favourite out of those? Then? Well, they all have their own, you know, charm and sound. Right. Uh, uh, my guitar builder, he recently retired. Uh, he, he used to do the old wooden ones. And now I'm with uh, Sandberg in Germany. And right. uh, they, they do like the, the plexiglass see through bases. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I, I flip out on those. I have uh, a couple of those. Excellent. And, uh, I'm planning to have this made where you in, in the medieval times you put your head through oh, right. like yeah, yeah, the, the stocks. Yeah, yeah. 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 When I get really old. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I've been to uh, Count Dracula's castle in, oh, right. in, in, in Transylvania. And it was closed and I flipped out. <laughs> and, 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 and then I gave uh, you know the, the, the little guy in the hut the yeah. money and he opened and up the him. gate and I had this, this uh, guided tour in the middle of the night. Perfect, oh. as it should be, you yeah, know, yeah, a yeah. candle. Like, oh, <laughs> so crazy. Mel Brooks with one eye. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still have your helmet with the uh, fireworks? No, because no? there have been so many accidents, uh, you know. So now there are some restrictions and, uh, I mean, just, just, just to have our little uh, poof, you know, on yeah, stage, yeah. you need all kinds of licenses right. and stuff like that. But we toured with, uh, with, with fire. Uh, and we had like four of those, and when right. the fireman came, we only made like four meter high flames, and when he left, we made six and nine. <laughs> yeah. And then we went to a festival in, the, in former East Germany, and we came with our bus and our, mm, our four uh, pyro uh, right. uh, gas, and, and we saw like, like a band playing in daytime, they had like 18 or 20 of those, we were like, oh shit. <laughs> the Germans again! <laughs> well, Rammstein have got a lot to answer for yeah, with that, haven't yeah. they? Mm. Um, so, Laus, yes. you, you joined the band, obviously. I did. Later on. Uh, to me, I thought you were a much heavier drummer than Peter. Would you agree or not? A heavier in which... which how Harder hitting and just more... Yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yes. And do you, do you think as a band that hardened up your sound? Because, like, scare yourself and stuff like that's much heavier sounding. Was it down to him or just you feel like you were getting heavier as you grew grew as a band sort of thing? It was more like a, a just wanting to play more rock I guess from all sides. Right. I don't think it was me. It was you again? <laughs> <It's me. laughs> it's always you. Because obviously I mean if you do you know the drummer if the drummer is a much harder simpler drummer then it is yeah. going to affect how songs work and stuff. Sure, it? So yeah, maybe. I never thought of that, actually. The, the count punk thing with the twangsome guitars, do you still have that going? I haven't heard it as much no. as the early days sort of thing. No, it sort of becomes like... Um, if you can't do it again, you know, you can't do Sleep My Day Away again. Yeah. It's, it has to... But you have to! Yeah, you have to! Well, I hope you're doing it tonight, are you? Or? Will you be doing it this evening? Yeah, yeah, we will be doing that this evening. And uh, but to incorporate that sound in rock, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, energetic 
rock, yeah. harder rock. It's I think it worked uh, great with the No Feel Left Pilgrims. And it did. It, yeah. it, it was a unique sound at the time, yeah. it, and pro still is really when you listen to it. Yeah. That sort of hard ACDC like rhythm sound mm. with the Hank Marvin guitar on yeah, the top yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we played a, a show in Germany with Skid Row and LA Guns. And there's like one of the guitar takes saying that when we were like, you have clean sound. Why clean sound? <laughs> I never thought that you could do that. Clean sound. <laughs> Surely it just goes one louder. This yeah. goes one quieter. <laughs> but you never know. It might come back again. It might come back again. But there's sort of like sound, guitar sounds that are not that are crunchy and mm -hmm. and not really really hard, heavy, distorted. Mm -hmm. That whole spectrum from clean to, to crunch. It's that's where the melody is. Mm. Can we talk about just a couple of songs? Let's just pick some songs at random, Mike. Yeah. Uh, and say how how they got about. So, first one that I really loved was uh, down the dusty third world road. Yeah. How did that come about? Because that, again, that was quite different. Yeah. For that sort of flirt with the world music. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it started with the with the that early early We thought it sounded yeah. whack, so let's yeah. make some some. I don't know how the lyrics came about. How did that happen, Steve? It's just when 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 there's a certain sound, then then you can hear if it's gonna be a sad song yeah. or a stupid song. But it was a world song. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it has because it, it has that full. Uh, I don't know, like nineteen twenties, drifter American. Don don don. world. So I mean, how did yeah. that? Because that's quite left field compared to the rest of it, sort of. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you're right. But it's yeah. Down down. It's like a Negro spiritual almost. Yeah. And uh, at, at that. That's um, the, the imagery of our songwriting. That's, yeah. that's uh, one way of we write songs is to take the image first and then, okay, what, what music would, would build on this okay. uh, uh, mood? Or, or okay. And Rim of Hell. Rim of Hell. Yeah. How does that come about? Yeah, that was like this, this, this monster riff. Uh, like, uh, uh, it was like, okay. Hell, <laughs> that's like hell sounds, <laughs> and we had a lot of tr tr problems with with Warner Brothers because when when they released the album, we were not supposed to be called Disney After Dark. Of course, we had yeah, to yeah. Change the cover and blah blah blah, and and, and then they said you cannot say Rim of Hell, Rim, yes, it doesn't exist. <laughs> and, blah, 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 blah. and we had a long like, maybe we record the song or I mean, there are lots of uh, worries about it. And then on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, it said like. Uh, Sebastian back on the rim of confusion. I was like, look, <laughs> look, you fat, stupid American. <laughs> and that, I mean, it's got a great guitar solo in it. Thank you. Did that, was that a improvised thing or? Yeah, it was. Are most of your things improvised or do you, do you sort of write them out? And no, they're mostly improvised. They always improvised. Uh, some uh, earlier stuff on the two first albums, 
it was very, it was composed more or less right. because it, that wasn't the blues based right. solo guitar type. But that one, the solos on um, No Fuel are all improvised, and then and uh, the solo of Rimmerfell is a one take. Right. Yeah. But usually I I go a few takes and then then would edit them together. And usually there's one fairly good right. take and then you can put in put, yeah. uh, put uh, things in it. Yeah. But that time you know we didn't have pro tools back then, so we'd punch in and out. Yeah, yeah. So if you punch in, lose what you punch yeah. in on. Yeah. Yeah. But there was I like that way of recording. It made you have to learn your craft, didn't yeah, it? Basically, yeah, yeah. as opposed to, well, just fix that. Put yeah. me in time, put me in tune. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, then scare yourself, because it is a great song. How did that come about? It started with the riff and then melody, and I think that, that what inspired the lyrics was at that time we were paranoid because <laughs> we just made a big mistake. Right. We just had, we did a tour in Denmark, which went bankrupt. Right. A big tour. We rented with, with some other bands. We wanted to make our own festival, and it just went so horribly wrong. Wrong, and and so. Right. So, uh, from going from being, you know, we could do anything, make tons of money, yeah, we're having a great time, yeah. to suddenly be okay. We can't do anything. <laughs> Lesson learned. So um, that compare uh, that and the 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 course uh, the course going down half yeah. step is like you know that's spooky. Yeah. The next thirty years, then do you think you'll still be doing it in thirty years' time? As long as the Stones is alive and sold out in half a go. day, I mean, then we're not. On the edge of the branch, you know, uh, <laughs> in, in the egg, uh, at the hen, hen house. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it, I think it's very interesting when you look at the poster for this club. You see DAD 30 years anniversary tour. You see yeah. the selector 35th uh, yeah, yeah. year uh, yeah. tour, and you see uh, specials thing. Uh, foreigner, just along the road tonight, aren't Okay, <laughs> but anyway, I was as we were talking about yes, the poster. There's the, all these old bands doing yeah. all their. Uh, uh, anniversary tours, yeah, and all the other yeah, stuff on the poster is cover bands. Yeah, right. So that goes to show. <laughs> I mean, yes. where's all the new stuff? What's going on? Who would you say, out of interest, who 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 do you like in the modern crop of? Is there anybody? I mean, does Denmark have a, a good rock scene now, or no? No, I think there's a few good alternative acts coming out. I think Volbeat is is is. Right, yes. they uh, have you come across them? Tabellatak from Norway. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they're fun. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I like yes. And who's your favorite tribute of you then? The favorite DAD tribute. Uh, you mean like a tribute? Yeah, tribute band to DAD. Because there's a list on your website, isn't there? Of oh yeah, yeah. Various tributes. I tell you what, there was a tribute band uh, a few years ago, and they won a, a DAD tribute band contest. Right. And the singer was this young guy. He was complete. He shaved his head. Didn't look like a DAD guy at all, and he sounded just like this. I mean, just if someone, a guy showed showed it to me on his phone, right. And if I didn't look at it, look at it, I thought, what's what yeah. he doing? Yeah. 
that was amazing. High praise indeed, yeah. isn't it, for, to somebody to do that? Excellent. Gents, I'll let you get on, because right. you've got an early stage time and, and all the rest of it. It's been wonderful to meet you. Really looking forward to the show. Hope you're going to come back to the UK again. Yeah, we are. We will. Sooner than the last yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>